0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hochberg, and this is episode number 456. Today, I've got a cruise preview for you because I'm going on Royal Caribbean Serenade of the Seas to Alaska, and I'll be sharing all my plans I've got for Alaska on this amazing cruise. Here we go. So it brings me great joy not only to do a cruise preview, which means I'm going on a cruise very, very soon, but also because I'm going to Alaska. This has been a destination I've been meaning to get back to ever since my first cruise there back in 2018 on Explorer of the Seas, which was a Royal Caribbean Blog Group cruise. And I really fell in love with Alaska the last time I was there. And this time around, I'm even more excited because we're going on Serenade of the Seas for two seven-night sailings in a row. So a back-to-back on Serenade. I'm really... (laughs) I can't wait to get there. As many of you know, I really, really, really hate flying. And so, you know, for me, it's a necessary evil. I'm not going to let it stop me from getting over there because Alaska is absolutely worth the trip, but it's, uh, you know, something it's like, I have to get past this one hurdle and then I can really feel like I can, you know, start to relax and enjoy the cruise, but we're going to Alaska on serenade of the seas for two, seven night cruises. And I've been meaning to get to Alaska now for the last couple of years. We had a cruise booked in 2020 that didn't happen because of the pandemic, obviously. And then last year. We had the uh, cruise to Alaska as well booked. And that one we could have gone on as in it didn't get canceled, but we had a family obligation that came up at the last minute. So uh, there were opportunities to go the last two years. Unfortunately, none of them panned out. So third time's the charm. And now we're heading up there. And many of you may be wondering, well, you know, there's four Royal Caribbean cruise ships that sail to Alaska. You've got Quantum of the Seas, Ovation of the Seas, Radiance of the Seas, and Serenade. So why did I pick Serenade? And there's a couple of reasons for it. Number one... We wanted to do more of the ports. When we went in 2018, we wanted to explore out of Seattle, which was really convenient. But we only went to Juneau and Skagway. So we didn't really see many of the ports, and we had a limited amount of time there. So this time around, we we knew we wanted to spend more time in the ports that we're visiting. So we wanted to go on a ship that probably went out of Canada, because the cruises that go out of Seattle are wonderful, because they're the big new ships out there, but they tend not to go to as many ports. So... That was reason number one reason number two is serenade also sails round trip out of Vancouver so there was no uh you know one way flight required either to Anchorage or Vancouver you know in retrospect I'm not sure if we had always planned to do a back to back or not I think I just decided pff, why not I mean the kids are out of school and there's a little bit of the itinerary variation between the two there's one one I the first sailing goes to some ports and the other one goes to another port anyway it doesn't matter the point is that We ended up saying, okay, let's do it back-to-back since it is summer vacation, take advantage of it. And I also wanted to go up as early as I could in the season. For me, there's a couple of reasons why I wanted to go up early in the season. Number one, it's cheaper. Number two, there are lower crowds. And number three, and I would say this is even more important than the first two, I wanted to see Alaska the way Alaska looks, or closer to it, certainly. There's nothing wrong with going on a cruise to Alaska in July, which is, by the way, like peak season. But I really wanted it to feel more like Alaska. I remember when we went in 2018, we did a tour uh, and it was in Skagway, and I remember uh, going on this tour. It was a Humvee tour, and we drove into Canada. And when we got there, I remember the tour guide saying, "Oh, it was just like a week or two ago. You could have, you know, driven the Humvee on the ice, which is incredible, right? Uh, to think about." But I wanted more of that. Also, uh, while I do live in Florida, uh, I'm not a biggest. I'm not the biggest fan of of heat and humidity. Believe it or not. There's other reasons to live in Florida besides the weather, so I actually like having an opportunity to get a break from the humidity, and here in Florida, the last two or three weeks, summer's arrived already, so I'm ready for a break. I need a nice little uh, escape, if you will, and so going to Alaska where it will be significantly chillier is a highlight for me. I'm not sure my wife agrees with me on that front, but I really wanted to go earlier in the season to experience it to be a little more Alaska-feeling. There's nothing wrong when... You know, you get up there and sun starts shining and it gets like, you know, the low seventies. It feels amazing. I'm not going to deny that. That's wonderful. But I also do enjoy having it, you know, like I said, feel more like Alaska. Now, the other thing that really sealed the deal for Serenade of the Seas is we managed to get a two bedroom panoramic ocean view suite. What's interesting is this particular cabin is sort of a newer room. When Serenade had a dry dock a couple of years ago, uh, the concierge lounge was moved to a higher deck. And they converted the concierge space into a new family ocean view stateroom. There's only one of these suites on the ships. And unlike other suites, this is midship facing the port side instead of the front of the ship. And it doesn't have a balcony, but it has, you know, uh, panoramic floor to ceiling windows, which allows us to see all the scenery without dealing with the cold weather. So from that standpoint, it seems like a really good fit. And we have the same cabin for both sailings. It was a very reasonable price. This is one of the best reasons, by the way, to try a smaller ship. When we're talking about Serenade, a Radiance-class ship, a lot of people always say, well, Matt, why should we do a Radiance-class ship? And in this situation, we're talking about Alaska, you know, but compared to Ovation of the Seas, which I haven't done, by the way, you know, would that have been a consideration? Certainly it would, but, you know, one of the benefits you always get when you go to a smaller ship is typically the prices are going to be cheaper. You can get more for your money if you're doing a cruise on a, on a, on a, on a smaller ship, and in this case, absolutely the case. And the nice thing about staying in a suite, that's not even, you know, this is obviously not star class or sky class. You know, the radiance class doesn't have that. By the way, the royal suite class is limited to the quantum and oasis class ships. But having just done a, you know, a regular, a traditional uh, suite experience, you know, the nice thing is you still get most of the the, the benefits um, of, of the concierge experience. And that's really proven to be really nice. So, you know, from that standpoint. I'm I'm totally fine with it. So we we booked this like eons ago. I don't know, we must have booked it when it first came out. I think that's when we actually booked this cruise. So it's been a little while, but it's finally here. And our basic plan is we are leaving on... So the cruise leaves on Sunday. We're leaving on Friday. We're going to fly up to Seattle. So there are no direct flights to Vancouver from Orlando. So, and, and since I said I hate flying, I can only do one flight a day. I'm not doing connecting flights. And more specifically, even if you're saying, Matt, you're ridiculous, you should have done a connecting flight. The problem with the connecting flight among other things, was the layover in Seattle was like four or five hours, and the drive from Seattle to Vancouver is like three hours or some change, so we're going to drive instead. Uh, we're going to get a rental car. That If I had done this podcast um, a couple weeks ago, this would have been a major problem because they weren't allowing rental cars to be picked up in Seattle and dropped off across the border, but now they are. I don't know what changed, but anyway, we have a rental car, so we're going to pick up the car, drive to Vancouver. I love driving. I think it's, it's a scenic drive. Uh, I believe it's I-5 that takes you over there, and I'm looking forward. I think it'll be fun. Something interesting to do. We get into Seattle about noon or so. So, you know, we'll get to Vancouver around, Well, I'll say probably closer to five o'clock. You know, maybe we'll stop for a not Maybe we will stop for lunch and then make it over there. And then our plan is to spend a day in Vancouver. You know, I'm a big fan, big advocate of coming in at least a day early. In this case, we're coming in two days early. Number one, that gives us a full day to explore Vancouver on Saturday. Number two, it gives us also two days to adjust to Pacific time, uh, compared to Eastern time. I remember when we went on Explorer, we had come in a day ahead of time. Actually, that's not true. I think we did two days as well, but it really makes a big difference with the time, um, with the time difference and being able to adjust to it. So that way you're not going to sleep at like, you know, seven o'clock every night on the cruise ship. So, um, we've never, I've been to Vancouver once when I was a kid, I'm going to say about, I don't remember if it was, you know, 11 years old. I think it was older than that. I think it was probably like 14 or so, but. It's, good. it's been a while, um, and we, last time we had explored Seattle, so this time we're going to explore Vancouver, and then we get on board the ship on Sunday. So really for me, this cruise is about Alaska. I am looking for seeing as much of the ports and places that we're visiting as possible. Um, you know, I'm not looking to, we're, we're, I'm not as, I'm not like a giant hiker or I'm going to be jumping off cliffs or anything like that. That's not my style, but I do enjoy the great outdoors in Alaska. It was a really uh, fun treat. And I'm hoping my kids are going to also embrace it. They had a really nice time. We went to Mendenhall Glacier Park over in uh, Juneau last time. And for them, it's kind of fun to be able to just, you know, lead the pack and, you know, walk down the path, see where it takes us. Um, It's going to be, I think it'll be a very, very fun thing. They also like seeing, you know, obviously animal interactions and there's a lot of wildlife in Alaska to check out. So I'm hopeful that the weather will be reasonable. You know, in Alaska, you always have to anticipate it's going to rain. But it's very short-lived. The weather changes all the time. You know, in the morning, it, it's freezing. You put on, you know, all your layers. And then the sun comes out. Then it rains. And the sun comes out again, you know. So you're going to be changing a lot. But the bottom line is you got to go with the punches. Hopefully, it won't be a rain out. More just, you know, maybe a quick downpour. And then that's it. Or or better yet, how about no rain at all? I'll take that as well. So we're hoping for the best on that. But I'm looking forward to, you know, spending as much time outdoors as I can. And i got to give credit to uh, two people, actually, for inspiring me for what to do on this trip in Port. One of them is uh, one of our uh, writers here at Real Caribbean Blog. Uh, Allie went on Radiance of the Seas at the very beginning of the season this year, and she did a lot on her own, and it really opened my eyes to not booking excursions to Real Caribbean. I'm very uh, trained to do that in a lot of cases, to book shore excursions through the cruise line, and unlike the Caribbean, Alaska's a lot easier to plan excursions on your own. There's a lot more opportunity rather than you know uh, in other places around the world, so from that standpoint, I think we're going to wing it a lot more. I do have plans. Like, I've already created a spreadsheet with like ideas of what I want to do in each port. We're at, by the way, we're going to be visiting Ketchikan, Juneau twice, Sitka twice, Haines, and Skagway. And that doesn't include, of course, some of the glacier visits that the ship will do. So, uh, we've only been to Skagway and Juneau before. So, there's a lot of opportunity to explore. And the other person that deserves credit is uh, Molly, who's also one of our writers at Real Korean Blog. And she's actually an Alaska native. And she uh, shared a number of things to do that are, the locals enjoy. So, you know, I'm really going to be, I'm excited to like, you know, get a real sense of what Alaska has to offer and take it at our own pace. And the great thing about doing a back-to-back cruise, especially with so many rep- repetitive ports, is you get a chance to go at a slower pace. You don't feel like, oh gosh, I've got to do everything here because we're never coming back again. You know, that I think is going to be a big uh, relief for me. So we have booked some tours to real Caribbean. in. We booked them earlier on, and some of them just make a lot of sense to book them through Real Caribbean. But I actually ended up canceling a couple of them to do on our own now, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, you know, it's going to be nice to be able to, um, you know, see all that and and kind of you know see where, how we feel, and also the advantage of not booking excursions in Alaska in advance, which is something I always usually recommend booking in advance. But I think in Alaska, it's, there's you know it's easy enough to get a taxi to go to certain you know tourist attractions there. Anyway. I think that it'll also allow us to, you know, roll with the punches. If the kids aren't really feeling something or the weather looks absolutely atrocious, we could do something different, you know, we'll see how that goes. But um, but yeah, in terms of all my onboard plans on the uh, Serenade of the Seas, actually, this is my first time for my kids on a Radiance class ship. I've been on Brilliance a number of times, but never actually took them with us. So my kids think I'm really torturing them. They really think I'm like, <laughs> I'm like purposely dragging them on the worst possible ship because my, my oldest daughter seems to think that if it's not an Oasis class, it's just you know why even bother right but um they'll have a great time they're just you know like all children it's hard for them to imagine if they can't if they can't visualize what it is they have a hard time wrapping their minds around it um since we are doing two weeks um i decided you know we're not doing a dining package on either one the package prices were actually a little expensive but also, I want to do a little more main dining room. My kids do enjoy that. I enjoy it. My wife, not so much, but you know, she's okay with it. But we're also going to take advantage of being, since we're Diamond Plus and Crown and Anchor Society, we get a buy one, get one deal as one of our benefits for dinner. So we're going to do that. We might toss in a dinner or two here. You know, Serenade has a few restaurants, right? It's got Chops and it's got Giovanni's and it's got Izumi on there. Uh, but, you know, we don't need to be eating at Chops and Giovanni's and Zumi like 17 times over the course of two weeks. So it seems to me that it'd be beneficial to fall back on the main dining room, but also, you know, in terms of certain ports, but there are some days in which we have very late arrival times or departure times, I should say. And so, you know, if we're coming back to the ship in the late afternoon evening, well, number one, we might eat dinner in port, which I would absolutely love to do. And number two, you know, even if we come back and there's time to go to dinner, we may very well just be a little too tired. And so we may end up just simply going to, um, going to the, you know, wind and, and having dinner over there. But, you know, I gotta be real with all of you guys, and there is something else that's been really on my mind the last certainly three or four weeks now, and that is um based on some posts I've seen on the realcomingblog.com message boards, it definitely seems there's more COVID cases on cruise ships now than ever I don't say ever before, but certainly since the spring. You know, there was a real lull after February, and we it was wonderful in March and April, but it definitely seems, again, anecdotal evidence, I'm not a Epidemiologist. I'm not a scientist. I can't give you a- analytical evidence of this, but it definitely appears based on the people who are reporting about this. A lot more people are reporting catching COVID on cruises right now because of the current variant is evidently extremely uh, contagious. And it has me worried for a couple of I'm not worried about, you know, catching it in the sense that, like, I'm not worried about getting, you know, deathly ill on it. I'm vaccinated. I feel very confident that that's not going to be a problem. I'm just more worried about, you know, obviously it ruining our plans, right? I think that, I think most people have that kind of concern about going on a cruise. And so, you know, the last thing I'd want to do is get on board the ship. And after like two or three days, someone catches it and we're in quarantine and there goes the rest of our vacation, right? I mean, you know, I've always said, and I've always felt, you know, in the last, since cruising restarted in 2021, there's nothing that is risk-free and I'm not going to live my life out of, in in fear of like, what ifs, right? But I also feel that you all, it's the onus is on you or me in this case to also potentially, you know, take proper precautions if I see, if I deem them fit. So while masks are not required on board, they're recommended but not required, I think I'm going to be wearing a mask. I think our family's going to be wearing masks on board um, while we're indoors, certainly, just to be safe about it. You know, we have N95 masks. I just feel that it's the prudent thing to do because, again, we have two weeks. If this were like a Caribbean cruise, would I really lose that much sleep over missing out on you going to Cozumel? Probably not. But this is Alaska. This is a really important vacation for us. Very important destination. I really, really, really don't want to miss out on it. So in my opinion, it feels prudent to take that extra step and wear our uh, masks while on board the ship. I mean, we're even considering not even sending the kids to Adventure Ocean. Uh, We're going to see how that goes because, you know, it's just, it's little things, right? And again, I'm not a scientist. I don't pretend to, you know, say that these things are 100% effective. Nothing's 100% effective, but, you know, the more layers of um, precautions you can take, hopefully uh, it will help us out there, but I got to be real with it. mean I want to be this is I feel like my concern is certainly a concern anybody has out there so uh, we'll see how that goes we'll play it by ear, but I think that's our plan currently and I feel like it would be I'd be remiss to me if I didn't talk about it because I think it's a I think it's a lot of people are thinking about the exact same thing especially based on some of the posts we're seeing on the message board so nonetheless, I'm hoping everything will be fine and we're gonna get over to uh to Vancouver and and check out the ship. I'm very very excited for this. Never been on Serenade and first time in Alaska in over 3 years. I uh, I'm so excited for this. So, uh we'll be on Alaska. I'll actually be live blogging at least the first cruise. I'm not sure we'll do the second cruise live blog, but we'll see how that works out. But anyway, we'll be on uh, Serenade of the Seas to Alaska. I'll be sharing a lot of it on our social media channels and over at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And of course, as you all know, we'll do a wrap up of our experience once we get back home. Uh, in a couple of weeks. So I uh, appreciate it. I can't wait. I'm so excited to go to Alaska again. Alrighty, time to answer your listener emails. Our first email this week is from Robert Jaworski. Who writes, "Hey Matt, uh, thanks for all the content. It's not only a great avenue to learn new tips and tricks, but also reminds me of things I should have for, I should know but have forgotten. I recently discovered on the Royal Caribbean blog message boards a Crown and Anchor gift preference chart from a few years ago. Despite having been on a few cruises and Diamond Plus, I was surprised to learn that I'm able to receive a gift depending on the number of Crown and Anchor points and the length of the cruise." I did reach out to the credit Anchor here locally in Australia for more information, but the response did not really address my questions. Is there a website or a link I can download the current chart of offers? And how does one ask? Is the program just for diamond and above members and you have to reach out to royal sales through your travel agent or direct your crown and anchor to let them know your preferences any inside of the program would be helpful thanks in advance so uh yeah it's really easy robert um unfortunately there's not a website back in the day a couple of years ago you could do it in the website but they got rid of it there's two ways to get your preferences set up robert and you're right it's the diamond plus you get this so once you hit diamond plus you just reach out to them two ways to do it robert number one call the royal korean crown and anchor society and give them your preferences number two once you're on board a ship Go to the loyalty ambassadors. Since you live in Australia and cruises by you are not exactly plentiful, that you can go on there like on a weekend cruise or something like that. My advice, Robert, is go and um, give them a call and do the, um, you know, set your preferences via the phone. And then the nice thing, Robert, of course, you always change your mind. If you, we ended up, I remember in the beginning, I think we had like six bottles of water and like one, one, because there's two of us, me and my wife, one gift was water and one gift was a bottle of wine. We ended up never drinking the wine because we always had a drink package. So we ended up changing that in. So basically what I'm trying to say is call them up. uh, You know, they can give you all the options. You can run through that and you can then later on, if you go on a cruise, realize this is not really good for you. Talk to the loyalty ambassador on board and they can change the preferences for you on there. Uh, Next up, we have an email from Victor Martin in Orlando, Florida. Hello, neighbor. My wife and I are taking our family cruise with our two teens, ages 18 and 14 on an eight night, Mariner of the Seas cruise departing June 26th. We booked one balcony and one interior cabin. Cabins are close, but of course not connecting. Because of our kids' age, as you know, my wife and me had to split uh, up—one with me, one with my wife—and the other. But uh, obviously, that's not how we're going to be occupying them. So, are we able to play musical C-pass card all cruise, meaning passing the cards around every time one of them was in the cabin? Can Royal quick make us a copy without invalidating the originals? Bear in mind, we purchased the um, ultimate drink package for us and refreshment package for them, so we'll be asking for our cards every time we want a drink and here you go up in the cabin, or the classic, I don't know, just gave it to you. Sorry for the long email. <laughs> no worries, Victor. So it's really easy, actually. Don't worry about the drink package or anything. You're fine. When you get on board the ship, Victor, go to guest services, explain what happened. They'll give you new cards uh, for each of you, so that way your wife can be in the same cabin as you, kid's in the other cabin, and you're all set. The, the, their system is not sophisticated enough to pick up on the fact that you have the drink package and, you know, make you buy it for your wife or whatever. So, No, you're totally fine there, Victor. Should be good to go. So just stop by guest services. I've done this many, many times and not a problem. Next up is an email from Peter. Hello, Matt. July 2022, we set sail on Symphony of the Seas on an extended family cruise booked for 2020. Finally, we're going again. I've sailed Royal Caribbean four times, twice on Voyager class ships like Mariner and Adventure and twice on Freedom, Independence and Freedom. What will the transition to be Symphony like? I'm assuming it'll be noticeably more gigantic. We're excited, but anticipating a different experience we've had so far. Do you have any specific thoughts for making the jump to an Oasis class ship? Peter, great question. You know, it's really actually more in line with your experience than anything else. I've always felt that the Voyager to Freedom to Oasis class is very much a lineage. You can see the the, the similarities between them. So I think all you're going to really find when you go to an Oasis class is there's just more of everything. It's bigger. You're right. Gigantic. Sure. But it's just more of everything as opposed to Peter. If you went to a quantum class ship, I think you notice more of a shift, if you will, because the 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 structure, the layout of the ship is significantly different. But on an oasis, everything is just bigger, more, and uh, and longer. So um, I think you'll actually be a lot more in line with your experience, especially on the freedom class. I think you'll notice it just being an extension, if you will, of that experience. So I hope that makes sense. Thank you for the email. Next we have an email from R- Melanie and Ryan. Hey Matt, wife and I are first-time cruisers on Royal Caribbean, leaving on Symphony of the Seas, July 16th for an anniversary cruise. I have a question. I have is my wife is allergic to coconut. Is there anything we can do to make sure the cruise line is aware? Email, phone call, or wait till we're on the ship and talk to somebody? Thanks for the great podcast and YouTube channel. You're very welcome. Thanks for the email. For that kind of an allergy, um, I would just simply say, and they're going to ask you anytime you sit down for any meal, they're going to ask, you, are there any allergies? And you can let them know about that. I don't think that's something that you really need to worry. Like it doesn't strike me. I could be wrong. I'm not. A, I'm not your doctor, obviously. Uh, it doesn't strike me as the kind of allergy that I think you need to like warn them ahead of time. Like, you know, you can't have, I don't know, some sort of ingredient that is a mainstay of every piece of food out there. And it would really be cumbersome for you. I think you're, and again, I think your wife's allergy is not to the point that it would really cause a major problem in the sense that like, you know, there's not that many foods that have coconut is what I'm trying to say. So I feel like you'd be okay when they ask you I mean you can certainly tell them any meal you sit down to my wife is allergic to coconut and they can definitely work with you on there for those kinds of allergies i think you'll be totally fine on that thanks for the email and uh, by the way i'm not a doctor i'm not a scientist i don't know your wife's potential situation i can't promise you anything so please don't use my advice as you know as as health advice for your wife i'll just put that out there Uh, Next is up, uh, we have an email from Emily Fagan. We were recently on Symphony of the Seas, and we found it very difficult to get a paper cruise compass. I was able to get one from guest services on day two. For the next hour, uh, I asked six times from different people how I was able to get the paper version. I know they're pushing everyone to use the app. We found the app helpful in most instances, but some information was missing. For some examples are the times of the water slides, spa deals, and port on board times. How do you find the usefulness of the app versus paper compasses? You think the paper compasses will be completely discontinued soon? Thanks for all you do to keep us informed. I've really enjoyed the additional content on RoyalGermanBlog.com and the different perspective of multiple authors. Thank you, Emily, for the email. I'm with you on this. I mean, the app has a place, but for right now, it doesn't have everything. You didn't even mention, Emily, you can't figure out the dress code on the, for the main dining room in the, in the app. So it's lacking in that. Until it becomes a true one-to-one, everything you can find in the compass is in the app, there has to be a paper uh, version. In a lot of cases, Emily, what I've found, most ships that I've been on have offered the paper version. I remember on Navigator, they didn't. And I went down to guest service and I'm talking to the hotel director and he mentioned there was actually a problem with their printer, which necessitated for them not. They they made some copies, but on a limited batch because they literally had to print out copies like on a traditional printer. So it was, you know, they just couldn't mass produce them. I don't believe there is a, a mass cruise wide effort to get rid of the paper compasses. Some ships, it's just for whatever reason, they seem not to offer it on some sailings versus others. So I'm hopeful that that's the case. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is I am with you. I think that there is absolutely value still in the paper compass. Um, I, I think that there's just a lot of good reason to, to to do that. And so from that standpoint, I feel like that's the... Um, there, there's just too much information still in the paper compass. that's not in the app. And obviously, as many of you know, I'm a big nerd and I do love technology and I really like the Real Green app, but it doesn't yet have all the information out there. So I think out of just pure necessity, it has to be the case. So I'm with you on board, Emily. Absolutely. Thanks for the email. And time for one more email this week, and that is from Bruno. Hi, Matt. We have a book cruise for July on Wonder of the Seas. I did not book it on Royal Caribbean's website, and the only room available in my price range was an accessible stateroom. Will that cause a problem on boarding day? Thanks for your advice. Uh, no. Um, you know, accessible rooms are obviously meant for people with, you know, disabilities like a wheelchair, but they do allow other people to book them. So, you know, I'm. it sounds like maybe you booked it kind of at the last minute here. I'm not sure when, but. Um, no, they're not going to be like, oh, you don't have a wheelchair. You can't come on this cruise. Um, worst case, what they would usually do, Bruno, is if that was an issue, they would contact you and say, hey, we need we need to kick you out of your room because we need someone else to use it. But, um, no, they, they do, you know, it's, it's within the, it's within the reason that you'd be able to still have that room. So, um, I don't think that'll cause a problem on boarding day at all. I could be, again, I can't promise you anything. I don't work for the cruise line, as you know, but no, um, I, there have been plenty of people who have not needed an accessible room that have stayed in an accessible room because it was just the last available room left. So, yeah, it is what it is. Thank you, Bruno, for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. If you want to send me your emails, you can always send them to matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt at blog.com Be sure to put podcast question or something like that in the subject line so I know that you're sending me an email for the podcast and not a customer service email. You'd be surprised when people think I'm customer service and send me emails with like, here's my reservation number my credit card. and like, no, 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 no. This is not, <laughs> you're in the wrong place. Anyway, so until next time, I'm Matt and we'll talk again real soon.